Southerner Mutiny Radio's Happy Hour with your host tonight, Gene Yee. Give it up. Max, Max supports me. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Mutiny Radio Open Mic. Fuck the Warriors. <laughs> it's good to see everyone here tonight. Um, as George said, I am Jean Yi, and I will be your host for the evening. Um, and yeah, I'm going to start off with a few shitty jokes and then bring someone up to thunderous, awkward silence. So let's get this party started. Um, so I have been told recently to write more jokes about dating and relationships. <laughs> and I get jazz hands <laughs> for that one. And I've been skirting the issue. Actually, this might be more like a therapist appointment than comedy. <laughs> George laughs at everything, and I appreciate that, George. I just want to tell you right now, everything as if it were really funny like my dating life. Um, so I don't date because why try something, why do something if you're gonna fail at it anyway, right? Um, George is still laughing. <laughs> and, um, but what about my dating life? Um, so in my 20s, I know, I look like I'm still in my 20s. <laughs> Um, I went through a very significant black man phase. How significant were the black 
<laughs> we're all like, you know that I'm asking for like the call and response, like you already know. <laughs> they were pretty significant. Um, and I realized, hi other Asian women, that it was a thing. It was like, it was a, now George is fist pumping me. <laughs> now, of, of course I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this? Um, so my usual joke about that is that um, I was told that I have a good ass for an Asian um, by one of my black uh, boyfriends. Um, yeah, so it was a thing. Other Asian, did you know this? It was a thing, Asian women and black men? No. It was on Oprah. <laughs> like it was definitely a thing um, back then and I didn't realize it until like um, me and a bunch of friends went out for dim sum oh let's get chinky in this business um, all together and I looked around the table it was me a couple of my Asian female friends and their black boyfriends and I was like hmm maybe I should stop so I decided to lower my standards so I went back <laughs> You guys, I'm a teacher. <laughs> it, sometimes it just takes everything <laughs> for me not to be like, you need to stop. So, <laughs> Warhol, are you writing in big pens so that you can see when you get on stage? Did you? No, you can write while I'm talking. Like, this is the purpose of class, so you take notes. Oh, so you put it on the floor so that you can see. Because you got good eyesight, because you're a black man. <laughs> Me too. So, <laughs> uh, so back to dating. So I decided to lower my standards, and I started dating white men again. Interesting. Not even George thought that was funny. Well, fuck that, George. That's out. That's out. I'm not using that. So I'm only, I'm only ever, that's enough, Warhol. So I'm only, I'm only ever on Tinder because it's really easy to get some quick positive reinforcement, right? You said, thank you for nodding. <laughs> like, yeah, because you just swipe right on everyone and then you get some messages and then you ignore them and you can go on with your life. But at least somebody, at least, uh, you know, Rodney, who just opened a hot rod shop in Fremont, cares enough to message you three times are you on tinder anymore i thought we had something going like what <laughs> um yeah so a couple of tinder messages that i got and then i'll bring up your you can see you know what i've read this i read half of a body language book once and this is a stress <laughs> this is a stress gesture <laughs> just like pushing on my third eye in hopes that i'll get to play with some guy's third eye so <laughs> that's enough for a hall settle down. So <laughs> A plus for today. Um, so a couple of Tinder messages that I got. All right. Um, so there was this cute guy, and he was a few years older than I am, uh, like 28. And George thought that was funny. And um, and he lives in San Ramon, and I would have to explain this to, to a different, San Ramon is like an hour north of here. It's two hours north of Fremont, where I live. Fuck Fremont. And like, and this guy was like attractive. He was handsome. He was a little bit older. He was a lawyer. If you can't be a lawyer, at least date a lawyer, is what my mom says. So 
so he messaged me at four on a Friday and was like, hey, why don't you come on up and we'll meet at six for drinks? Drive two hours with no notice. And I wrote back and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just not in the vagina delivery business. Okay, maybe I can keep that. Um, and then there was this other guy, and this is all true, more stress gestures, wrap yourself around furniture. So I wish I had a big black man to wrap myself around. Warhol, settle down. So um, what was the other guy? Um, always say um on stage comics if you don't remember what you were gonna say. Oh, this other guy was a personal trainer, handsome, like he seemed literate, he used the right there in his description on Tinder, it was very exciting. Um, and he messaged me and I love, guys always start off with, you are the most beautiful woman. Sorry, that wasn't a personal trainer, but you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And then, then, and this is true, he followed up with, have you thought about losing 30 pounds? And I was like, it looks like when you lost weight, it was all in your brain. Yeah, no, not really, I gotta reword that. Are you ready for your first, well, your next comedian? Yeah. No, that didn't sound ready to me. That didn't, you still don't sound ready, open micers. Come on, motherfuckers, it's gonna be a big one. All right, your next comedian is a hilarious guy. I've never met him. I'm pretty sure he's in the room, but I'm looking forward to all of y'all. And he's funny. And here comes Mike Crow. Mike Crow, Mike Crow. Did I get that shit wrong? Who's first? That's awesome. George, can you put in some... Um, you guys can walk over and check out the list in a minute. Your next comedian is so much more funny than Mike Crow because fuck Mike Crow. All right. Your next comedian, please welcome to the stage, Trina. Oh my God, you guys. How are you doing tonight? So glad it's Friday. You gotta be careful, Chica. My last boyfriend was black, and you know what they say, once you go black, you never go back to being cheated on a black by a black guy. Um, I'm also a lawyer, and it's true, everybody wants to fuck over and under a lawyer. But, um, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, being a lawyer still didn't save me from getting scammed last week. I got scammed, it happened. Like, I, I heard, I read this documentary that was saying in 2018, it's not if you get scammed, it's when you get scammed, and I got scammed. So, I know, it totally sucks. So good news, bad news, you're gonna get scammed is the bad news. The good news is this is the best time ever to be broke in America. Like, I was so fucking happy that I bought those silk pillowcases, right? Right before, like, fuck that. The scammer didn't get it all. Just got my last dollar, but I was spending it up before he was, so fuck him. Anyway, so I, uh, I drive for Uber uh, because that's a long story. And that's not what we're gonna get into tonight, but we're dri I'm driving for Uber and that's fun. That's like better than a dating app. You don't really have to, if, you, if you're single, all you have to do is just drive for Uber on the weekends, make some money. It's all good. 
Um, but uh, so so here's what happened. So I'm driving for Uber. You guys generally understand how this works, right? Uh, I picked up a trip. The trip was from a dude named Uber. So I thought, oh, on the way to the to to pick him up, I was like, this is going to be an interesting conversation. So instead of getting picked up or picking up anybody, excuse me, I instead get a call. And it was from Uber. That's why it was Uber. And they said, well, we've been having a problem with you know drivers letting other people drive on their accounts. So we need you to verify your identity. So Uber has, in fact, asked me to vi verify my identity twice in the past because apparently I'm you know, engaging in something. I, they don't tell you what. They just want you to verify your identity randomly, right? So uh, he said, well, you know, he, he asked me to verify my identity in the same way that Uber asks me, do I verify my identity, which is with my login information, which I find to be very annoying. I don't understand why you would need my login for information. We could, that's the whole, anyway. So, okay, fine. So then he asks for my email. I give him my email and he wants my password. And I won't give him my password, right? And so we start arguing like I typically argue with Airbnb, who also asks for financially sensitive information for the purpose of verifying my identity, even if I'm not calling about anything on my account, right? Are, like, are all these like dot com app companies doing this, or is it just Uber and Airbnb? I don't know. And Facebook, right. So anyway, so I was like, so I start the argument with him. I'm like, I don't understand why you guys have to verify my, verify my ID this way. I've been having the same argument with Airbnb for well over a fucking year. How about this? I'm like a few blocks from your headquarters. I'll just drive to your headquarters. You can verify my ID in person. I'll be right there. So I drive over to Uber. I'm out in front of Uber, and he says, "No, I can't. I don't. I can't leave my cubicle." So that's when I start crying and screaming, and say something to the effect of, "Well, fine then. I'll go to the police station. They can verify my ID." Flash forward a week later, I'm saying to an Uber agent in the her who, who tells me, "Oh, well, you should have known that was a scam." because we would never call you. I was like, what are you talking about? You would never call me. You understand I'm driving on the road. I can't respond to your fucking text messages. And she's like, well, that's how scammers are. They would call you. Well, a scammer would also ask me for my login information. That doesn't seem to bother your fucking ass. A scammer would also refuse to meet me at, the, or at their headquarters. You're also doing that. Right? Because I had asked, you know, hey, let's meet. The actual Uber people don't also don't want to meet me. Oh, my God. So fucking annoyed. So this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. So Pam is having a, her summer fundraiser. Dude literally got, see how my hair is flopping? I can't even afford, like, the proper hair product to get my hair to stand up. That's how broke I am. So what I'm going to do... I'm going to try to kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to come back on Monday. I'm going to talk to Pam about putting on a benefit show of comedy and dancing. And if I can, by some miracle, get this scammer to do it, 
I'm going to invite him to be here for the show so he can sit here and watch me dance and I will write his memoir in which I place, I put him in the best light possible and make him a symbol for all these stupid fucking scammers and shooters and all these people that we are dealing with that for whatever reason have made this bad choice. So thank you very much. I'll see you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. A round of applause for Trina, who should probably live off the grid. Uh, your next comedian may or may not be living off the grid, but is probably just as uh, generous as Hunter. Please give $2 to the bucket if you can and hope it doesn't get stolen by someone using scissors to take money out of it. Y'all see that on Facebook? That was good ass shit. Uh, your next comedian is much funnier than what I just said. Please welcome Max Malkanin. All right, thank you. Keep it going for your host and... Uh Keep it going for George. Uh, he'll be working the canned laughter machine in the back all night. <laughs> Nobody wanted to watch the Warrior game tonight, or no? Yeah, I don't like. I don't like the Warriors either. Like, I don't like how Kevin Durant joined the team that beat him. Like, is he playing basketball or Red Rover? All right, whatever. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm 29 years old, and uh, I'm wearing a Minions T-shirt. You ever go shopping for like a four-year-old's birthday present and you end up doubling the size of your wardrobe? You're like, now I have two shirts I can wear to work tomorrow. Uh, sometimes I'll be on BART and I'll see like a five-year-old kid who's wearing the same t-shirt as me. And I'll be like, huh? All right. His parents are like, come here, son. We're going to get off at this next stop. It's Civic Center. The people will be more normal. I don't know. I don't dress. Oh, actually, real quick story. Uh, I thought of that joke on Monday. I've been working on it every day since, which means I haven't changed my clothes all week. <laughs> That's how dedicated I am. I, mean, I couldn't like go to an open mic and be like, "Hey, I'm wearing a minion shirt," and like I'm not wearing a minion shirt. That would be that would be weirder than actually wearing a minion shirt. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't dress very well. Like it's gotten to the point where St. Patrick's Day is my favorite holiday because most of my clothes have avocado stains on them. It's like the one day a year where I can dress the way I want to dress and people don't judge me for it, you know? It's like, feels like a dream, St. Patrick's Day. I'm like, will somebody pinch me? I want to see if this is real. St. Patrick, that's trying to get this irony thing to work, but it's, it never works. <laughs> All right, uh, so I, I like to read. So I go to Berkeley Public Library a lot. For those of you who've never been, Berkeley Public Library is the type of place where people like to go when they feel like shaving in a public restroom. Like if you feel like clipping your toenails while reading a book by Doris Kearns Goodwin. Berkeley Public Library is the place to go. Basically, it's like the perfect place for a 29-year-old wearing a Minions t-shirt. I, I fit right in, you know? All right, I, uh, so I like to travel. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I went, to, uh, I went to Iceland, and I flew this airline that it's spelt like it's wow, but given their like utter incompetence, it's actually pronounced wow. And it's really important that you make this face and do the thumbs up when you say it, like, wow. You want to give it a try? Wow. Uh, or it's okay. Yeah, you got to do the thumbs up. She, she knows how to do it. So they named it after, like, the reaction that all of their customers have after everything they do. You know, it's like, hey, your flight's delayed. Wow. We're going to be experiencing turbulence. Wow. All right, you're improving. Good job. 
like I, I flew them and they lost my bag. So I was like, wow, my other t-shirt was in that bag. The non-minions. <laughs> I don't know, but it's a little bit confusing, but fortunately it's like the only airline you can pronounce sarcastically, you know, you couldn't really be like Southwest. They'd be like, what? Why'd you say it that way? Like, are you implying that we're a different direction or something? They're like, like, well, I am about to fly from LA to DC, whatever direction that is. It's Northeast, but hey, it's a round trip flight. So catch me on the way back. I might pronounce it a little differently. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, so recently I bought some, uh, like instant coffee from Trader Joe's and on the label, I noticed it had a picture, it had a cartoon drawing of a cup of coffee, a vine of grapes and a donut. And in small letters above the donut, it said donut, not included in case you were like looking for it, I guess. Like, I and just for the record, the grapes did not have that same disclaimer. So somebody was clearly like looking through the coffee, like trying to find a donut, like it was a prize in a Cracker Jacks box and couldn't find it. So they sued the company and um, I don't even really know where I'm going with this. I just thought it was funny and I'm trying to find something, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks everybody. <laughs> Wow, am I right? Your next comedian will make you wow too. Please welcome Warhol Coffin. So Ed Lee didn't bother to finish out his term, I guess. Just laziness. I heard that Susan B. Anthony was racist. Susan bitch Anthony. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I was trying to cross the border one time. And uh, I put on a... This is border Canada. I put on a ski mask because it was cold. To get out of the car. They gestured like, get out of the car. And I got out. And then he was like, you have to take off your ski mask. And I was like, I'm cold. He's like, no, you have to take off your ski mask. And I was like, nah. He told my friends, like, you can go inside. You have to take off your ski mask. And I like started walking inside. He's like, take off your ski mask. And I'm like walking. I'm like 10 feet away. He pulls out his gun. I'm like five feet away. He's like, I will shoot you. And I like go five more feet across the across the barrier into the into the border patrol office. You know, where they have to clean it up if they shoot me. And I took off my ski mask. I comply. If you want to be popular at the strip club, put some flour on your nose. And you will get more attention. It's not anything but good advice. Um, uh, let's do some crowd work. What's your favorite genocide? Of all the genocides, you have to pick one. What's your favorite? You tell me, baby. What's your favorite one? The genocide of the nuns. I think I heard about that from the Crusades. That's cool. That's nice. Um, I got a reminder on Facebook and it, it told me this joke. So apparently at some point, this dude came up to me, right? He was like, hey man, it's good to see you. And I thought he was being like deep, diasporic and pan-African, but apparently I knew that nigga. 
I've seen a lot of articles about the richest black billionaires, top 10, top 5, global, American, richest black billionaires. Nobody's writing about the poorest black billionaires. Those are my favorite black billionaires. I just like saying black billionaires. Dude, like, you know Jay-Z's so pissed at Dre? Because he can, like, hold Beyonce's hand and be like, we're worth a billion dollars, but Dre's like, I beat women. So, I didn't even have that punchline, but I like that. I'm going to add that to my set because that's fucking... I'm going to tell this joke that I don't tell. We'll do hip-hop stuff. So, I don't know if you know how dedicated most death is to the cause. He's down for the cause. He did a video where they fake waterboarded him. Do you know the difference between fake waterboarding and real water? There's no difference. It's the same thing. He's fucking dedicated. He did a video where they force-feed him like they do to prisoners. They force-fed him for real on video. He's so dedicated. Rule of three. I'm guessing he's getting fucked in the ass next. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm not a psychic. So the Currys open a restaurant. It makes sense because like a lot of people want to eat what Steph Curry eats. That makes sense to me. I get that. Like I also want to eat what Steph eats. I just don't know if they serve Aisha Curry on the menu. Don't know. Uh, if my mother didn't want me to follow my dreams so blindly, she probably shouldn't have bought me books like The Little Engine That Could and Harold and the Purple Crayon, bitch. Thank I know the bitch is like necessary. I don't like it. We don't, none of us like it. This city used to be better. We used to have better gays. I know, I knew everyone was going to get so intense and quiet. We used to have better gays. I was in the Castro, like... Mm, a month and a half ago, and this guy looked at me, this older white guy looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing here? Bitch, I've been here for 15 years in this town. No one's ever looked at me like that. What the fuck are you doing here? I know, it turned. You didn't know. You didn't know where that was going to go. It says history upgrade, but I think we're not ready for me to do a history lesson right now. So I'm going to do, here we go. I wish I had the wonder in my life of someone who's like an explorer in a 1950s serial just to walk around just like George in the sound booth enjoying that song, so I didn't want to interrupt him. <laughs> Warhol Kaufman, you guys, when you need someone to crowd work the white men in the front row about genocide and better gays. Still looking at you, white guy. Your next comedian may or may not talk about either of those issues, but he's very funny. Please welcome John Pitsley. Nope, do not welcome that motherfucker. Who's next? Max is much, much better at all of this shit. Welcome, Max Eddy. Thanks, Gene. Okay. Um, hi, guys. How are we doing? Oh, hi. Hi. Um, yeah, this is kind of an intimate venue. Um, I like it. Maybe, maybe I could get to know you guys a little bit better. How about um, we go around and everybody says my name? 
Hunter, you want to give it a go? Oh, that was that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. This isn't funny. I'm going to go on without the shit. Um, so you guys, a little bit about me. I am uh, I'm Max. I'm bisexual. In case you don't know, that means I'm interested in women and attention. <laughs> That's fun, man. There we go. Now, uh, honestly, like I I love attention. It's so great. Like in terms of like my hi- hierarchy of things I like, it's like men and women are right here, and attention's like up here. It's great. There we go. Uh, and then uh, I'm not going to do the rest of that bit because everyone looked away and it was a visualization thing, which is okay. It happens. No, it's fine. It's okay. It's a door thing. It's really, it's impossible to do comedy here. Um, it's fucking impossible. Okay. Um, I'll do other things. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I, so I came out last year and you guys don't have to clap. You guys are sharp. Well done. Okay. Um, but uh, when I was still questioning, though, I wanted to kind of practice coming out because I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I was, I was actually bi. I wanted to test it out. So what I did is I came out to my grandpa because he has Alzheimer's. Where else are you going to get that practice opportunity? You know what I'm saying? That's good. The first time I came out to my grandpa, though, he actually misheard me. I told him, Grandpa, I'm bisexual. And what he heard was, Grandpa, I'm bicycle. He was just like, what are you going to do? Let people ride you around all day long? I haven't thought that far ahead. Uh, it's kind of a personal question, though. But I realized he misheard me. And I was like, no, Grandpa, I said I'm bisexual. He's like, oh, is that one of those gay things? You know, I'm a bicycle. I'm a bicycle. And I rode away. <laughs> I didn't. No, it's fine. Yeah, well, honestly, I was just like, bicycles way easier, and bicycles don't get ridden out of the wheel. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, I told my sister I was bi, and she said she doesn't believe in someone being bi. She believes you're either gay or you're straight, and she also believes in ghosts, which is fine. <laughs> sucks. No, she actually, <laughs> she told me, okay, to be fair, she was 10 years old when she said this, but she did once tell me, her favorite documentary was Paranormal Activity. Not a documentary. Thank you, Max. Um, she also she watches this show called Ghost Hunters. Does anyone uh, is it, does anyone watch it? Anyone familiar? Well, okay. If you don't know, Ghost Hunters is a show where they hunt ghosts, and they don't find any. <laughs> they have never they've never caught a ghost. It is not. That's terrible. It's a terrible show. I actually watched an episode with her. Um, we watched uh, it was an episode of ghost hunters international um so cultured <laughs> but uh now it was it was an episode where they went to nottinghamshire uh to a jail where robin hood was allegedly incarcerated in case you don't know robin hood is fictional they were looking for a ghost of a fictional character oh man also it does air on the Sci-Fi channel, and if you don't know, Sci-Fi is short for science fiction. So this is like a triple negative situation at this point in terms of reality. But uh, no, it's fun. Um, but yeah, the show was so bad. Like, first of all, they they had a team of like six people here to catch these ghosts. They all had like these uh, electromagnetic detectors and infrared detectors because ghosts have cell phones and are warm I don't I don't really know how that works but um, they also brought two like rookies uh, fresh out of the uh, ghost hunters academy which is for sure a for-profit college right 
Like, there's no way tuition is less than $60,000 a year at Ghost Hunters Academy. Oh, God. There's actually, <laughs> they went down to, like, these caves underneath the jail. Um, and one, one of the rookies was down there, and she was like, I swear, I was walking through the tunnels, and I, I felt a presence behind me. And I didn't want to look back, because I was scared of what I would see. You are a ghost hunter. It is your job to turn around. God, imagine if you were watching Deadliest Catch and the guy was just like, you know what? I just couldn't look at the fish, so it got away. It's terrible. Oh, man, I can't, I can't believe that that's a real show. Those are, honestly, those were the easiest jokes I've ever written. Because, like, it was, this is all 12 minutes into this episode of Ghost Hunters, by the way. All of this has happened. There's gonna, I'm going to do an hour on fucking Ghost Hunters one day. It's going to be amazing. But uh, thank you guys so much. I'm Max Eddy. <laughs> All right, let's keep this show going and welcome your next comedian, very funny, Hunter Stare. Who can tell in this day and age? I mean, pretty much everybody is now, right? We're all, yeah. So yeah, this is fun, isn't it? Yeah, like the Lord said unto Abraham, we are killing it tonight. My name is Hunter, this is my mecca, and you are my mechanics. <laughs> I don't know, I think it's better than you acted. I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it. My, my mechanics. <laughs> I'm trying to be more woke. Um, I am, I'm trying to be more woke. I, you know, like filter out stereotypes and stuff like that. This is something I just learned recently. Did you know that Asian guys don't have blurry penises? Just found that out. There's a whole subreddit about it. It's true, look it up. So my uh, girlfriend's little brother was talking to me. He's a pretty sheltered kid. He asked me what happens when you stab a fish. What happens when you stab a fish, Hunter? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's just a misdemeanor. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that one. Anybody ever been arrested? Anybody ever been to jail? Was it a young cop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that easily could have been any other room. Like, it's happened to me before. I was in uh, Lake Village, Arkansas. I got arrested by this super young cop. Uh, he was going through my entire car uh, for absolutely no reason. And uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't do anything wrong. But when he was going through everything, he was going through my Altoids case and he opened it up and he started like looking at the Altoids underneath the light, you know, and I was like, hey, if you're going to take one of those Altoids, only take like one or like half of one because they're really minty. <laughs> I want to start, I want to get back to the community. I want to start an Alcoholics Anonymous chapter, but it's going to be specifically for accountants. Alcoholics Anonymous for accountants. Guess what I want to call it? strength in numbers that's the joke I came up with when I saw a warrior sign that's the first thing that's the first thing I thought of when I saw the warrior sign so let me know if anybody else is like this like this is my organizational style clean everything if and only if I've lost something yeah right because otherwise what's the fucking point you know, that's just premature optimization, as the nerds would say. I'm not a fucking nerd. Fuck nerds. I pooped twice this morning. Thank you. 
it's so hard so hard to quit <laughs> i'm gonna do this one even though it's a visual joke uh, <laughs> Uh, my girlfriend was uh, my girlfriend smokes weed with me sometimes and she was talking with me and she you know getting really high she says hey does weed ever like sneak up on you and i'm like girl i smoke weed every fucking day weed has never not once in its entire fucking life snuck up on me one time weed tried to sneak up on me it was like <laughs> Does that answer your question? <laughs> and she said, I forgot my question. <laughs> True story. How, I, how am I doing on time? <laughs> you mean like, is that minus or positive? Okay, so my first blowjob <laughs> happened on the back of a golf cart. <laughs> Thank you. It was. It wasn't moving. The second one in rapid succession happened on the back of a jet ski. Both super fun, I was about 15, both the girl's idea. And I really appreciate and admire that kind of audacity and uh, creativity to find all of these creative ways to get alone and stuff like that, you know? Like best babysitter ever. George like that. <laughs> all right, time for one more. <laughs> No, that's good for me. <laughs> Have a good night. Hunter Stare, hire him to choreograph your next fight scene. This next comedian may or may not choreograph anything, but she looks like she could, and that's distracting you, so I should just say she's really funny. Welcome, Rhea Alexander. Hi guys. I'm so new to stand-up, I was actually nervous to take this out of the stand because I have never done that before. Um, so I was introduced as Rhea Alexander, my name is actually Rye, and um, I have to say that to people so many times that I'm used to saying, well, it's uh, before five, so it's rye like the bread, or it's after five, so it's rye like the whiskey. Um, but really what I want to talk about today is uh, a time that was very important in my life when I was 17 years old. And when we're 17, we're all trying to get into a different clique in high school than we're actually in. Now, I'm from way northern California, so for me, I was trying to become a cool hippie. Now, despite the fact that hippies insist that modern definitions of beauty and Western definitions of beauty mean nothing to them, the main difference between the cool hippies and the uncool hippies is that the cool hippies are pretty. So I go to this tea house in Sebastopol. Has anybody heard of Sebastopol before? Yeah. It's actually, speaking of meccas, it's basically a hippie mecca. So I go to this tea house in Sebastopol. And 90% um, of the people that work there are white women with dreads. And I'm there trying to meet my friend because she says that she's going to give me weed. But like a typical stoner, she's not at work. So I'm thinking since there are three of these white women with dreads there and I'm the only one there to get tea, there's five other people there to get a tarot card reading, but no one there to get tea. Uh, he is great. Uh, <laughs> um, so. 
I order my tea and I like get super uncomfortable when I watch people serve me. So I just stand there reading about the nine different kinds of milk that they have to offer. I do finally look over and no one is making my tea and two of the women are staring deeply into each other's eyes doing a yoga pose. Um, I'm kind of in a hurry if that's okay. I said like that because I thought it made me sound like I didn't really care and I shimmied random parts of my body to show that I was going with the flow. I am going to need you to lose the aggression from your aura before I can make your tea, one of them said. Another one chimed in. Dude, it's just tea. Why so serious? And that's when I realized it. Hippies are assholes. They just are. And the older I got, the more obvious it becomes. Like, they say they're so full of love, they sound like they're full of shit. They say they're high on life, but really, they're just hogging all of the good weed. They look like they're poor as fuck, but I guarantee they're making more money than me selling kombucha on Etsy, and they're definitely having more sex than me. In fact, they're so happy, I don't need antidepressants. Now, all of this can make dating a hippie pretty awful. Like, we all know that one kind of male hippie that mostly died out in the 60s that genuinely thinks everyone is interested in fucking everyone else all of the time. Guys, it's not happening. Get over it. And this is coming from someone who has been to a bisexual orgy. I guess you have to convince yourself that it's that easy to get laid when you're philosophically opposed to attempting to look attractive. <laughs> the one time I almost uh, hooked up with a male hippie, he was kind of bopping back and forth between me uh, and this other girl until my friend yelled out, she used to be a lesbian in an attempt to clock cock block me. I'm really confused why she thought telling a straight male that I used to be a lesbian was an effective method of doing that. I'm also super pumped that I'm over 21 now and I don't have to drink teenagers. So anyway, he takes me outside, we lay on the dirt and look up at the stars. He says something about how being outside makes him feel connected to the Gaia and I wonder how much dirt can get up my ass crack before I no longer feel sexy. So he leans in close to me and he goes, I find your love of no gender beautiful. I hope when our souls combine, I too can know freedom from my earthly desires. Yeah, fuck it, it did not happen. <laughs> like imagine if I started actually dating him and I had to listen to things like, I know I smell like ass right now, but deodorant is bad for the environment. Or can you be a little less upset right now? I just made it to my calm place. Or perhaps most offensively, Happy Valentine's Day. We're not doing chocolate this year, but here's some delicious carob. For those of you that don't know, carob looks like chocolate, but it tastes like dog shit. And with that beautiful image, I bid you farewell. <laughs> Ryan Alexander, everyone. I would like all the dateable men in the room to know I used to be a lesbian. <laughs> Your next comedian did not, I don't think, but we'll find out. Please welcome Aditya Shankar. Hello, everyone. Great Friday evening. Uh, 
uh, a lot of people see an Indian guy living in Silicon Valley. They always just assume like this guy must play for the Warriors, right? Like, yeah, I'm somehow playing that game and here at the same time. You know, I think they took a timeout. I got to be back soon. Uh, now I do play for the Warriors occasionally in my uh, in my dreams, where I'm also 5'10 and can digest milk. So there's that. No. Uh, I didn't really want to be a basketball player when I was a kid, though. But my parents wanted me to be an amateur comedian, so here I am. Now, but people would tell me as a kid, like, don't worry. Like, Michael Jordan got cut from his varsity basketball team as a freshman, you know. Don't worry. I mean, big deal. I got cut from a co-ed rec league, like, last week, you know. It's like, maybe I should worry a little bit, right? Like, a little sense of urgency wouldn't be so bad. Now, you know what it's like to get cut from a team whose only requirement is have fun? Right, like, like, I sprained my ankle during like the team huddle. And they're like, "You're making this less fun for everyone else. You should just go home." No. Uh, that's why I'm kind of done with all these like, you know, everybody started from somewhere stories. Right, like, did you know Usain Bolt couldn't even walk at one point? <laughs> or did you know LeBron James was once the size of a basketball? Like, who's that really helping, right? <laughs> No, but basketball wasn't really for me. I could tell like the cooler kids in high school were playing the more physical sports, right? Like football, wrestling, speech and debate, right? Like, hey, hey, those cross-examinations could get rowdier, right? Like, I got in a fight once, okay? And I threw multiple words, okay? Like, out of control. No, but speech and debate did leave me with lifelong skills, right? Like to this day, I'm very comfortable talking in front of others and very uncomfortable talking to women. You know, it really just just stayed with me all the way through. Uh, I used to be in this uh, event where we'd where we'd simulate like the U.S. Congress, right? So we'd kind of just sit around and do nothing. You know, it was a very very authentic reenactment. Uh, I used to tell girls I wouldn't tell girls I was on the debate team. I'd say I was on the forensics team, right? Because uh, I heard girls just love detectives, right? Like every girl's dream guy is an investigator on CSI New Delhi, right? Is that not the dream? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I wasn't talking to girls in high school. Come on. Uh, um, no, but our coach used to say, like, you know, no one ever, like, to get us pumped up for the tournaments, you'd say, you know, no one remembers the man who landed on the moon second. You know, I was like, coach, this is like the dual county league quarterfinals of debate. No one's going to remember if we come in first either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe Ben's mom, but even she's like, well, you guys could have been on the math team. So. <laughs> Uh, no, but do you ever feel bad when people say that, right? Like, no one ever remembers the man who landed on the moon second. Like, Buzz Aldrin's poor kids don't even remember their father, you know? Imagine Buzz Aldrin telling his kids to do anything. Like, pick up your toys. They're like, did you hear something? <laughs> Sounds like second place to me. <laughs> Mediocrity. Thank you, George. <laughs> uh, I'm a, a Hindu, guys. Uh, which is like pretty much just like my escape hatch from Islamophobia, right? Like, you wouldn't imagine the sigh of relief from a white person when they find out that you're Hindu and not Muslim, right? It's like when they find out the mole on their back isn't cancerous, right? It's like, oh, thank God, it's just brown and hairy. All right, nothing to worry about. It's safe, it's safe. <laughs> but a lot of people say that uh, they're really thankful to have God to fall back on in tough times. But I feel like if you believe in one God, there's a good chance when you lean back 
God's not going to catch you, right? <laughs> God's got other places to be, right? Other people to catch. I feel like God's like, yeah, Jake, could you move your existential crisis to five? Like, I got to be at Soul Cycle by four. So if you could just shift that, that'd be great. Uh, no, that's the beauty of Hinduism and our millions of gods, right? Like, when I fall back on God, odds are one of them is going to be free, right? You know? <laughs> oh, chances are. Uh, but the real best part about Hinduism is uh, reincarnation, right? Because I can pretty much claim anything about my past. You know, like, yeah, I've had a lot of sex, probably, <laughs> in like the first century. <laughs> and if, if that's not true, then one of these lives, it's going to happen for sure. <laughs> it's also like the only religion where you can claim you've earned your privilege, right? Like people say, you know, do you realize how privileged you are to have been born in America? And I'm like, hey, 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 all right? In my previous life, I was a virgin cactus, all right? I fucking earned this, okay? All right, I'll wrap it up there, guys, thanks. We're going for Aditya. I did forensics in high school, too, and look where we are now. Uh, your next comedian has probably made it much further in life, but we'll let her talk about it. She's very funny. I'm distracting you again. Please welcome the very funny Sarah Yang. All right, so funny story. Uh, I've never done stand-up before. I'm a gold star comic. Uh, I actually decided to do this five days ago, wrote some jokes, because my friend Rye said, hey, let's check this out. So I wrote some jokes, and I don't, yeah, be merciful. I thought, hey, Golden State Warriors are playing, so hopefully there won't be a big crowd. This is good. So, all right, good. All right, well, that one was awesome. Okay, um, so uh, a little bit about me. Uh, I've dated 10 girls in the last 10 months, and honestly, given how fucked up they all were, I wish I just doubled it up and dated 20 of them, and I had way cooler stories. But um, one memorable one, her name is Kelsey. I call her Kelsey Cockahead because, I'll tell you why, uh, our first date, uh, she decided, uh, yeah, she wanted to have sex, so I'm like, all right, why not? So we went back to my place, and uh, she started doing all this weird shit, like, uh, she started doing these weird breathing exercises, and then she started, like, rubbing my legs and chanting and shit, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I kept asking her, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, what's going on? She's like, don't worry about it don't trip and I was like are you uh, what what and then she just like and then it went on for about two hours actually about half an hour in I was done I'm I know I don't look it hey Asians I'm 40 I'm turning 40 in like two months and uh, I think we should all all the Asians in the world should get an over 20, 21 and over like permanently tattooed on their hand it would save all the bartenders bouncers and uh, servers in the world like 45 minutes of their day to freaking check our, D our, our IDs so anyway I'm tired, okay, I'm winded, and so I just decided, you know, how do you stop sex? You start a conversation. So I said, hey, how's it going? And she's like, why the fuck are you talking to me? And I'm like, because I wanna talk to you. And she's like, okay, uh, all right, uh, so, um, 
how are you doing? And she's like, stop fucking asking me how I'm doing. I'm like, I, what, hey, I got a pack of uh, Cards of Humanity. You want to play? And she's like, what the fuck? And so anyway, I ended that real quick. And the next morning, she had the decency to text me and tell me what the fuck she was doing the night before. And she's like, hey, um, you're not really good at tantric sex. And I'm like, well, fuck, I didn't even know what tantric sex was, so how the hell could I be good at it? And she's like, yeah, and I have multiple partners, and so I don't think this is going to work out. And I'm like, wow, you could have told me that ahead of time. So that was a disaster, and that's why she's Kelsey Calcahead. Um, so, uh, yeah, she pooped on me. Um, so anyway, after one night in the Castro, uh, met up with this other girl and we ended up having sex. And, um, and like I said, I'm 40. So I threw out my back, uh, halfway through and it was my nephew's birthday the next morning. Um, so I went in and walked into round table in Fremont, um, and my dad's like, why are you walking in like you're older than me? And I'm like, I threw out my back. He's like, how did you throw out your back? I'm like, uh, I was dancing last night. And he's like, what kind of dancing are you doing? I'm like, mm. well, and he's like, I've never seen you dance. I'm like, trust me, dad, you don't want to see this kind of dancing. Remember, <laughs> dancing equals fucking. And, uh, and he's like, you... Like, why? You seem to be throwing your back out a lot lately. I'm like, I know. I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So, you know, people keep cheering me on and asking me to dance. And I'm like, yeah. Well, who am I to hold back? So, there you go. I, I, uh, and he said, well, um, if you want to keep up dancing, thanks. Uh... I, I would recommend that you, uh, you know, exercise a little bit more. And I said, yeah. He's like, well, can you can you teach me how to dance like this? And I'm like, nah, Dad. Um, yeah. And he's like, okay. Uh, well. Uh, I, oh shit. <laughs> damn. This is this looks hard. This is harder than I thought. All right. Um, and I said, damn. Fucking delivery line. I had a really good punchline. All right. My punchline was. Dad, I'll teach you how to dance if you play Cards of Humanity with me. Bam. Fuck yeah. No need to make any more jokes after that. I'm just going to keep the show going. Arjun Banerjee, are you in the room? No. Then Sergio Gonzalez, are you in the room? You are up right now. Man, look at us, not giving a fuck about the Warriors. <laughs> we really don't give a shit. We're all here, rather do some stand-up. But seriously, we're like the only ones not watching the game. Us and some crackheads. It's cool. I used to be scared of crackheads, but I figured out their little secret. They're like monsters at a haunted house. Like, they'll scare the shit out of you, but they'll never touch you. <laughs> They're like, ah, let me get a dollar. Get the fuck away from me, man. <laughs> oh, so much spit on their mouth. I got that fear of spit hitting my lip and fucking die of AIDS the next night. And you ever give a homeless person a dollar and they reach out to shake your hand and you're like, fuck, it just came back the dollar. <laughs> no, that's fucked up. I shake their hands. But I feel that shit the next day. It's like years of shit and curb. <laughs> it's like a dried up hard rubber. 
Next day I wake up, I lost my phone that night, blacked out, lost my wallet, but the only thing I fucking remember is I shook a homeless man's hand. Shit sucked. No, this is fucked up, I feel really bad. I'll say something nice about crackheads. They have good bodies. Like you ever see one of them just rip that crackhead physique? God damn. How do I get that? A little bit of cracking, walking around with glass bottles all day? Shit. Crack body by Jake? I'll fuck with that. <laughs> Seriously, I've been going to the gym for like five years and no one's ever told me like, dude, you got a nice body. Never. I gotta be doing something wrong. But I figured it out, I got a little secret. I just tell people that I used to be 300 pounds. And it explains a lot, like my little man boobs, my gut, little extra skin everywhere. They're like, God damn, you used to be 300 pounds? Yeah, dude, I'm ambitious. <laughs> Becky, does he have a nice body? No, but he used to be 300 pounds. He's dedicated. Thanks, babe. Um, hmm. Shit. Dude, I thought my jokes were going to go a lot longer. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> you guys ever watch porn with a significant other? No? Don't ever do it. This is the most awkward shit for dudes because like, I thought it was cool. I was like, fuck yeah, babe, I'll watch porn with you. And like, I popped that laptop up and I was like, fuck. Like, I gotta act like I've never watched porn before. <laughs> like, by yourself, you're like the fucking Matrix. Like, you know the actors' names, the actresses' names, the cameraman. You're like, oh, I know where to go. But when you're a girl, you gotta be like, what do I type in, babe? Boobs? But, I don't know. <laughs> I typed in porn.com. I was like, I'll figure it out, I don't know. And the first thing she said was like, man, that guy got a big old dick. I shut that shit down so fast. I was like, no, this is not why we're watching this. We're watching it for the story. <laughs> oh, man. People say I look like Brad Pitt. Thanks. <laughs> no, they say I look like Nicolas Cage, which is fucking horrible. <laughs> like, so many people tell me, I was like, what the fuck, why? Why do I look like Nicolas Cage? I want to look like anybody else. Like, I've never been at a bar and someone's like, oh, he's so fucking hot, he looks like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like, if this was the 90s, I'd be slamming so much Conair pussy. I don't even know what Conair pussy is, but <laughs> it feels good coming out my mouth. <laughs> like, ooh, you Nicolas Cage looking motherfucker, get over here. No. Man, man, okay, sorry, that's it. I'm about to cut it early. I thought it'll last a lot longer. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sergio Gonzalez. Has anyone ever told you you look like a sexy Nicolas Cage-looking motherfucker? Yeah, that's the most times that thank you I've ever said motherfucker during an open mic. Let's make it more. Your next comedian probably won't be as bad as I am. Um, Gene, thanks. <clears throat> Latoya, are you in the room? 
No. Uh, James, are you here? James is very fun. Is a very funny motherfucker. Welcome this guy to the stage. Hello. Um, I just got a, a laptop this week, a new laptop. I'm really stoked about it. Took me a while to get it, though. Um, I had to be in like a coffee shop for like two hours before finally somebody asked me to watch their shit when they went to the bathroom. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a thief. I, I, I snagged it. Um, um, you know, I think nowadays uh, it, it's real negative nowadays. It's real sad, the state of the world. And, um, you know, I, I really want to put my like positivity out there. And especially for women nowadays, um, I just want to put my positivity out there and, and see what comes back and I want to support, you know? And so just like random strangers too, you know? So when I'm walking down the street and I see a woman, I'm like, you know, you should smile. You know, you look, you look great when you smile. You should smile more, smile. You look pretty when you smile. Smile. Nobody's smiling right now. <laughs> Nobody is smiling right now. That's a thinker. That's a thinker. Um, let's think about it. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about um, I was thinking about fashion, and uh, fashion's really complex, you know. And everybody thinks like, you know, like they're a great innovator, you know, like the way they they uh, put their shoes a certain way, or like their their scarf or something like that. That that they're really original or something like that. But in reality, they are kind of absorbing some kind of uh, thing that they saw. They're mimicking it uh, from popular culture or something like that. So I thought I was, for instance, the original person who thought to you know utilize these uh, useless kind of loops here that are in pants, you know? And I thought I was the originator to put like some kind of leathery strap in there to like, to hold it, hold it up. They were doing that back in the '50s, though. So I was, I was totally copying that movement, right there. Um, okay. Um, this just says coaster. Okay. So. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So coaster. Um, I don't like coasters at all. There's like, um, there's something about coasters and dive bars that I really don't dig. Um, if I go to like a, a like a cocktail lounge, you know, like a kind of a swanky good place, they'll have like a, they'll give me a drink, I order a drink, and it'll be like a napkin there, right? And that makes sense. You know, you don't want the, the condensation on your, your, your fingers there and you don't want it to get wet. So you, you, you get your drink with the napkin and you, you move along to your table, right? Uh, but when I go to like a, a dive bar, you know, I order a bunch of drinks, like five drinks, and then the bartender gives me like five coasters thrown out there. So I like try to gather all the all the beers, and then there's five coasters, so I try to, because I'm so polite, I'm so fearful that if I don't take all these coasters that he'll judge me or something like that. So I'm like curled up trying to to do that and it's only at dive bars I really don't get it I really don't understand that and it's like they're really obsessed with like do not leave a water stain on this Betty Page lacquered wooden table like don't do it right very obsessed over it um, 
so it is Friday night. It's Friday night. Did anybody get like uh, the obligatory like uh, text from a friend like, hey, what are you guys up to tonight? Anybody get that? Like, what are you doing? And it's like, hey, we know what you're doing. This is a mass text. You text the same thing to like 50 people, okay? I always, I hate that. It's like, I feel a little hurt, you know? And it's like, my other friend gets a little bit, like he's savvy, like he knows people are in on it. Like, I don't wanna seem like it's mass text. So he gets a little bit personable, right? So he goes like, hey, you. We haven't hung out for a while ever since that you know, last event, you know? And then he goes on and he's like, um, you know, it's too bad about that one thing, dot, dot, dot. Like, what? What's one thing? So what are you up to tonight? What's going on, you know? It's like, touche. He knows all about me. Okay, that's all, thank you. I'm gonna send you a text. What are, what are you guys up to? <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you. Let's make it awkward. Thank you though, very much appreciated. Mutiny loves you. We may not be around in a couple months, but you got our love now. <laughs> I'm here. Next comedian has lots of love and lots of funnies. And his name is Richard Barney. All right, let's let's give it up for Jesus Christ and his perfect plan for the universe, huh? Yeah. His perfect, loving plan for the universe. A lot of kids have been getting shot in school. Yeah, yeah, okay, now we're upset at me? We just all agreed about Jesus Christ and his perfect plan for the universe, and okay. All right, fine. Maybe you guys should have thought it through before you just clapping for anybody up here. Um, so there have been a lot of gun shootings lately, and one of the things that people say would help is if there had um, waiting periods, waiting periods for all kinds of things. Um, and a lot of people say, no, that won't work. And I say, yes, waiting periods absolutely do work. I haven't been to brunch in like five years because I fucking hate lines. Um, uh, I do cocaine fairly often, but I never buy cocaine um, because, the, you know, there should be a waiting period for cocaine, and it should be 45 minutes. And I know this because I've never bought cocaine. That's how long the coke dealer comes, takes to get to my house, when my roommate does. Um, and, so, and, and then I do cocaine. Um, but I would never, like, initiate that because of the 45-minute waiting period. Um, all right, well, let's not do any more gun violence jokes, huh? That was upsetting. My roommate murdered his parents with a kitchen knife on uh, Black Friday. Um, yeah. Um, and the, the thing about roommates is you really want to have one that's actually not clean, doesn't pick up after himself. Because that roommate could be a murderer. My roommate would did a shitty job dissolving the bodies in acid. <laughs> Thank you. 
anyways, guys, a lot of the fun going on right now. Um, I'm on Tinder. Um, and, you know, anytime a, a truly beautiful woman matches with me, um, I assume that she's a bot. And so I, I have a pretty bulletproof way of telling if a woman is a bot or not, um, which is I'll ask them to go on a date with me to donate blood at the Red Cross. <laughs> and they never want to do that. So, these robots don't have blood. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys like life hacks? Yeah? Cool, me too. Uh, <laughs> my mom's been posting on, uh, on Facebook all kinds of stuff. Like if you have a, a nail that's all rusty, you can put it in a bottle of Coke for like a month and it'll come out clean. So write that down over there. Yeah, you look impressed. Um, another thing you can do, this is one that I came up with while I was on cocaine, is that you can, um, you can brush your teeth while shitting, and you save so much time. If you add it up, I did the math, you can save almost a full month of your life if you, if you brush your teeth and shit every day for the recommended two minutes that my oral be thing does so tuck that one away all right so maybe my life hacks that I'm coming up with aren't very good but I learned a great life hack recently um, I was I, I was getting on a plane and my, my bag was too big come on in come on in you're gonna miss the life hack all right so <laughs> and uh, and my bag was too big so I had to gate check it and so I'm walking down the the jet bridge that's what that's called actually news you can use um, <laughs> Uh, and the woman behind me was like, you know, you can just take off that tag, right? And I was like, <gasps> you're right. And I did. And nobody caught me. And the life hack, you know, like this is a very specific life hack, but it's part of a larger group of life hacks, which are incredibly useful called lying. <laughs> just fucking lie to people about all kinds of things. Um, I should have a tag on that, but I don't. Um, I've been, uh, I've been meditating every morning for uh, a few years now. Really, since I was 18, had a, and so I've been using this website. I found very helpful, and you guys can check it out. It's called Pornhub. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like that one either. Anyways, um, uh. When I was 15, I'm, I'm actually, my parents are very religious, and so I responded to an altar call as a kid, and I remember what happened was I, I had a secret sin, and I went up to the altar, and blah, 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 and the, the pastor put his hands on me, and he whispered something in my ear I'll never forget, which was, Abba, Abba, Shalah, Mama, 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 Hallelujah. And I never masturbated again. Thanks, everyone. This was fun. going for Richard, you guys. Brushing your teeth and shitting at the same time. Who shits in two minutes? Make some noise. <laughs> Shitty life hack. Awesome comedy. <laughs> your next comedian, just as funny, just as awesome. Please welcome Michael Miles. Uh, 
trouble with the microphone. How's it going, everyone? Uh, yeah, so I don't really, uh, I don't really go in for traditional massage. It just doesn't do it for me. It just, it feels great at first, but the day after, I feel more sore than ever. And I looked into alternative massage. Now, if you were like me, a traditional massage doesn't do it for you. I really have to say, you have to try penis massage. The release and euphoria are amazing. This is just great. Um, I saw Post Malone perform on a special. Uh, never realized how tatted up he was. When do these big stars have the time to get all those tattoos? Then I realized it must have been before Post Malone was famous. Back when he was pre-Malone. Okay. Maybe I'll work on that. I don't know. Ah, okay. Uh, you have to be careful about what you say, but people are very sensitive. Uh, I would hate to hurt someone's feelings. I try to say the right thing, especially when someone is clearly suffering, like my poor friend who suffers from erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation. So I told him to stop worrying about going off half-cocked. Was that a groan? Uh, <laughs> okay, this one's a little more uh, serious. Uh, the Me Too movement is a good thing. It's a very good thing. But it's surprising how many talented men have done such horrible things. Bill Cosby, Louis C.K., Charlie Rose, Harvey Weinstein. Okay, I'm not surprised by Weinstein somehow. That guy just looks rapey to me. Uh, but I, and I can't wait to hear how his attorney portrays his story. Betty tries to cast him as a victim or a tragic hero of his own epic melodrama. Harvey had to bear the traditional prejudices of women against sleazy Hollywood producers, uh, but he was willing to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Sure, he had to rape in order to achieve his dream of having sex with women, but his persistence and perseverance won the day, and he had the courage to rape his way to the top. And that will be the title of Harvey's prison memoir, The Courage to Rape, the Harvey Weinstein story. <laughs> oh, good. I like that one. I was thinking about uh, reverse engineering. Uh, certain people are better at certain jobs, I think. Introverts make great engineers, and extroverts make great douchebags. Uh, but extroverts... <laughs> But but extroverts are also great salespeople. You have to hand it to them, especially when they sell something they can relate to, like like an Audi, because the Audi is the favored vehicle of the douchebag. Uh, but but what if we made the engineers do the sales and and the salespeople do engineering? It would be a disaster. The engineers would explain reverse engineering to the douchebags who buy Audis, who wouldn't understand it and stop buying Audis, and the douchebag salespeople who never had the slightest what reverse engineering meant in the first place, and just thought it meant make everything backwards. Uh, would make cars that blew up while the douchebags were driving them, which might not be a bad solution to the whole douchebag problem, I'm going to think of it. I don't know. Okay. Um, let's see. A couple more years. Sorry. I hate when people say, it is what it is. That cliche means nothing. Come up with something original. If you can't come up with something to say, just be quiet. But you, you can't change people. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. I don't know. Uh, people like to remind me that there are no big deals. That's another one. And I find that reassuring. Uh, but some people just don't get it. Like my friend who lives in an iron lung. He's just so negative all the time. And I just keep telling him, there are no big deals. You know, no one wants to hear you complaining. And that sound echoes and reverberates in that iron lung thingy. Okay? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, guys. Couple more, maybe. Uh, last one. How am I doing on time? Okay. One minute. One minute. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. All right. All right. 
Okay. Heinz ketchup still has that on the bottle, that 57 varieties. But where are these hiding, these things? Has anyone ever seen them, these, these varieties? I mean, were the first 56 so bad they had to be discontinued or something? Like a tartar sauce flavored ketchup or a, or a coal tar flavored ketchup? I mean, I think after the 57th try, they, they came up with tomato ketchup and it was amazing. And the marketing people were like, we should put 57 varieties right on the bottle. And everyone else said, right, that's great. But let's just make this tomato flavored ketchup that everyone likes first. I think that'd be good. Yeah. So uh, the art of conversation is about getting to know the other person and so they can get to know you better. Uh, the strategy is to keep circling the conversation back to yourself uh, so that they can hear more about you and get to know you better, right? So, because we are all our own favorite subject and who really wants to hear more about other people? I mean, except them, of course, but, but they just, you, they, why give them the chance to bore you with their, with their stories, which are all about them anyway? So just relate that to something about you, something more interesting, and you will be amazed how much you both have in common. And that's, that's my time, thanks so much. <laughs> karaoke bye folks thanks for coming by i know that uh lip syncing fucked it up for y'all um, um michael with the audis every time you said audi audis are like the the car or like the the something of the douchebag i thought he meant audi <laughs> it took me like 10 minutes. Um, yeah, but seriously, fuck extroverts. Um, so <laughs> your next comedian is probably not an extrovert, but we won't know until he comes up and talks about something entirely unrelated because I'm fucking with you guys again. Please welcome Keith Nixon. <laughs> See if I can win at that anyway. I came back this week, had a had another bad, bad week at work. <laughs> Pretty much the same story. Um, last week I was here and and then I, I also had a bad week here. I tried to tell a joke about sex for the first time. I haven't been doing this very long and didn't go well and I got lost in a lot of the details of it and then I felt really bad afterwards and so I actually actually typed stuff up to tell but I don't think I can tell this in five minutes I realized when I was reading all three fucking pa pages of the fucking thing so um, I just uh, so I guess I'm here to tell the truth about diabetes <laughs> no I don't know uh, so last night it, I was at work and um, last night I was at work and the boss came and said uh, I had to give the most inspirational employee award and uh, to another person and I thought about I didn't have any time to prepare for this and and uh, so I sat at a table where people were getting ready to get their awards and and I was then called up to present the most inspirational employee award. So, so I I came up and I said I was trying to think to myself what's what's inspirational to me and so I said 
This next award is, is for a person who day after day is willing to do the same thing again and again and again. Coming to work on time, leaving to work on time, doing the same menial tasks again and again and again. And, and so the lady that had the, oh, and then I had to present, and our nominees for this year's Most Inspirational Employee Award, and, you know, I said, and then, and then, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I didn't get fired because my boss is used to seeing me fail, uh, typically. I, he's used to it. The good thing about it is I'm, yeah, the only good thing I can do is describe how I fa failed to him. So that's probably one good thing. So I thought instead of telling the sex joke, I would explain why it failed last week. And it might help a little bit if I explain. Just don't think sex for a minute. Think, um, think thievery. Think, think crimes. Think some sort of thievery. Now... So if I, if, I, if I were gonna make a joke about how funny it was to get arrested, and I thought it was funny because I knew that I would never break into a house or I would never rob someone with a gun, but I decided to go in a five-minute stand-up mic thing in front of a bunch of people who had never met me before about how I'd got arrested by the police for robbing somebody and how funny that was without explaining who the robber was and who the victim was and the fact that I wouldn't be the robber in that situation, it probably wouldn't turn out very well. And so... <laughs> telling a sex joke last week about something that, let's call her Natasha, just to make up a name, but that wasn't her name, but she, uh, uh, well, she, um, she, I don't know, I still, I better not, I better not go there. It's too hard to explain. <laughs> I don't have enough time to do it, you know. Uh, uh, as communications director at Starbucks, though, I want to say that uh, homophobia is about uh, me being afraid of being gay, not, not us being afraid of other people being gay. It's about, I'm not, not me personally, it's about one being gay. It's about fear of one being gay, not of other gay people attacking us in our Starbucks that are sitting there quietly. I know that didn't happen on the news. I'm fully aware that it was a, a, a racial reference, but I, I didn't know how to say that because obviously, you know, I'm, I, wouldn't know, I wouldn't know how to do that. So I thought I'd just go with a, the gay reference and Starbucks thing, so. All right, well, it's been my pleasure to be here again tonight and uh, do a really good job. We'll see you. All I want to do is hear about Natasha now, that whore. <laughs> Your next comedian may or may not have a story about Natasha the whore. Please welcome Marcus Diff Myers. Oh! Diff Myers, mother. 
right. Good afternoon, good evening. Anybody know the score in the Warriors game? That's okay. You, you know, what's more important is what's going on in this room. I was going to say, what's up, Bay Area? And uh, that would be kind of like, so you guys are the Bay Area now. The eight of this is like, just consider yourselves together. Like, you're, you each represent a part of the Bay Area. Like, pick a city. That's you. Um, anyway, uh, hey, let's give a, give, a, give a big hand to our host and, and our producer, George, in the back. It is 34 to 25, Golden right on. State, uh, at halftime. Oh, what, what, what was that, George? What was the score? I heard it was halftime. 34, 34 to 25. Oh, okay, okay. End of a, all right. So we're, we're up by nine. We're up by nine. All right. Okay. All right. Um, so what was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, so porn. Um, so before I came here tonight, I decided uh, I was going to come. So I went to Pornhub. And uh, and the first video I looked at was uh, about stepsisters, like my horny steps, their horny stepsister got me off. And then the second video was about the horny stepmom getting me off. And uh, so I think the moral of the story is that if you want your kids to have a hot sex uh, fantasy, you got to get divorced and then get remarried. And then whoever it is that you get married to, is your, your kids are going to either fuck them or want to fuck them. A lot, and they'll at least, you know, check out the kids of the person you're getting married to because your kids are going to fuck them also. <laughs> or hopefully, they're going to hope, be hoping for it. Yeah, but then uh, I was, uh, so, so I'm, I, I, start, I, I started jerking off before I came here, and then like, um, the, uh, and then the, my phone rings, and it's my friend Joe, and I'm like, oh, not right now, Joe, I'm, you know, I'm busy, and then I turn back to my laptop, and uh, there's a little w pop-up window, and it says, like, you know, like, want to stop using porn and Viagra? And that made me so sad, because it's like, they, like, identified me, like, in this, you know, this declining stage of my life, like, right here, like, you're at this, you don't want to be doing this, but you're, you know, it's like, and it's this tail end of things, you know, Viagra, oh, really? That's, that's the, that's my demographic now. And, uh... Yeah, I feel I feel guilty when I when I use porn because right now I'm single and it's you know it's just kind of pathetic. But but in a few years I can I can I can see down the road and it's uh and I you know I'm gonna be married and my wife's gonna come out and be like I found this porn on your computer computer what's wrong with you know aren't you attracted to me and I'm you know I'm gonna it's, I'm gonna uh, honey I don't you know it's just it was I don't know it's uh viral emails I don't you know I. Let's try to. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna be believable. It's you know. I can see. I know. I'm gifted. I see down the road like this. You know. But it's a curse. I, it's more of a curse than a gift. Um. All right. I'm gonna try some new material. Uh. This is a. Uh, this has a lot of moving parts. I really am, as I as I see myself on the stage. Like I don't feel like I'm in enough command of the words coming out of my mouth to be able to put this thing together that I just made up on my way here. But here goes. Um. So there's uh, there's uh, a bunch of worms in a. This, so this joke, I'm going to tell you the the, the punchline. I'm going to tell you a setup. <laughs> I need a I need a chalkboard or a map to say. All right, I'm going to leave out the initial setup. I'm going to go into some this other part of the setup, and I'm going to say the punchline, and then I'm going to go back to the initial setup and explain what the initial setup was. So. Um, the uh, this, jo if this joke involves worms in a fisherman's tackle box, right? 
and they're they're like talking worms because you know why not and um and they they understand what their purpose is like they know they're gonna go into they're gonna get put on a hook and go down into the ocean and get caught by eaten by a fish or whatever and there's like lots of little apprentice worms you know like and then there's like the, the big worm is like the one they all kind of look up to and there's this one little worm who would always like be looking over at the big one and and uh so you know so when he all when he looked over at the big one to like show him something like hey look what i'm doing hey look he'd say you know hey what uh you know hey watch me masturbate like watch me masturbate that's uh, damn it i gotta just just the inflection was it was almost there watch is just rewind around and he's like so he'd always say what the punchline is watch me masturbate you know because they're all bait <laughs> see see you got it right and the so the setup the the initial setup is uh for the it's about that worm that always said that and the setup is uh why was the worm named louis ck hey, hey right hey you can see it all hey, yeah <laughs> All right, you, no, you guys are you guys are awesome. Thank you. You stuck through that. You, I could see, I could see moments of moments of clarity on it. Wait, I got one more. I got one more. Um, why? Um, so, so uh, Bill Cosby and um, Harvey Weinstein were playing golf, and they got to the uh, 19th hole or whatever, and they and uh, they're like, Bill Cosby's like, hey, you want to go? Or Harvey Weinstein's like, they, they said like, hey, yeah, let's have a drink later, and then um, and then you see Harvey Weinstein. Uh, like knocked out like somebody's like something's been slipped into his drink and the police come for bill cosby and they're like you know hey what's you know like hey you gave him a roofie this is messed up they, they caught him in the act like somebody somebody fingered him and he's like well hey it was self-defense you know self-defense right hey all right well hey uh, my name is marcus dittmeyer thanks you guys have been great Marcus Dittmeyer, everyone. I have to say, the best thing about being an open mic host is making accidental eye contact with open micers as they talk about porn. <laughs> I want you to think about the open mic demographic for a second there. Uh, your next comedian will not make accidental eye contact with me. <laughs> he runs a great night at the layover in Oakland. Get on over there if you haven't been there already. Please welcome the very funny Mike Spiegelman. Thanks, Gene. I only run in once a month. I'm not that I found Christ. Christ co-hosted it for me. Actually, you know what? You guys should check out my show. Uh, I don't only, I co-host it with a, uh, every week it's the same four co-hosts. Uh, it's myself, Jesus Christ, the Holy Father. And we talk about our week. Did you know that the Holy Ghost saw some lint in his belly button? 20 minutes. It was a theme show too, so it was a time where he first discovered lint in his belly button and it was really kind of a mortifying experience. Listen, I open for an X-rated hypnotist, is what I tell the cops when they catch me fucking dogs. <laughs> you know, I love you, San Francisco, but you're bringing me down. I'm so pissed. Do you know that the cat cafe wouldn't let me in with my dog? Huh? First proppy, now this? Give me a fucking break. I take my dog everywhere, it's my right. People at the cat cafe were all like, well, you have more than one dog. I said, well, I need all these dogs. 
That's my working dog. It's my service dog. That's my helper dog. That's my therapy dog. That's my recreational dog. That's my medical dog. That's my police dog. I stole this dog from a kid on Hate Street dog, Street dog. My hunter dog. My little codependent hyperactive dog on a leash. And I have a dog license for all these dogs. Cat, cafe, barista. It's in my Merce. Oh, nope, sorry. I don't have my dog license in my Merce. All I have is a little dog in a purse. Where are they? I brought them here. Oh, shit. I think I lost my dogs. Let's see. I brought my dogs to the bar. They're dog bars. They're, they're dog bar, uh, bar dogs. Uh, we went to Dolores Park, to the dog park. They were dog park dogs. And then we went over to uh, got a wine bar. They were wine bog dogs. You know, people complain. I said, what do you want? They're my dogs. I have to go everywhere. We saw this great movie at the movie house on, over there. Brought my dogs. I think I lost them. I don't know where I left them. Oh, well. <laughs> fucking dogs. I can't afford to have dogs in this city. You have two fucking dogs and you live in a $2,000 studio? Fuck. First off, congratulations. I don't like comic books. Well, I don't understand them. I don't read the thought bubbles. None of my business. I go to the library, public library, you can check out 50 books in one go. Really impresses my friends. When they come over, I take those books and I make furniture. Have a seat. In the bathroom of the public library, there's a sign and it says, don't take a shower here. Here are actual public facilities where you can go to take a shower and bathe your clothes. Uh, bathe your clothes. And bathe your clothes. And I looked at that poster, I said, oh, public library, can't there be one room where I don't have to read? I don't want to read. You know, I got ripped off. I, was, uh, I went to get my fortune told on Geary Boulevard, and I went to this fortune teller, and we sat down, and she started doing tarots, and she was actually doing playing solitaire with a pack of 452 playing cards. And I said, uh, aren't you doing my tarot card? Aren't you a, tarot, a fortune teller? She goes, no, I'm the temp. I'm just playing solitaire to kill time. Here's my impression of an improv group during game four. All right, we need a location. Uh-huh. Game four. Okay. And we need a phrase. Oh, what's the score? Okay. That joke's gold. Uh, you know what? George Burns, the vaudevillian great, was born in 1896, and he died in 1996 at the age of 100. And you know what he said? His last words? He said, vaudeville's dead, yet still I'm still alive? My wife's a big fan of George Burns. I think my wife fakes her orgasms. I think, I think she just yells out George Burns movies. Oh, God. 
Oh God. Oh God, book two. Oh God, you devil. Sunshine boys, sunshine boys. The big broadcast of 1937. All right, I'm Mike speaking one by. Things to not expect at the open mic. Uh, making eye contact with open micers during porn jokes and George Burns jokes, but how awesome. <laughs> Your next comedian, just as awesome. Please welcome the very funny Anthony Lavaggi. Thank you, thank you very much. Am I, uh, am I the last comedian tonight? Nope. Awesome, great, <laughs> love it. So we got any Me Too survivors in the house? Let me hear you say, hey <laughs> All two of you, no, that's great. All right, now fellas, let's be honest here. If you've ever sexually assaulted a woman, got away with it, let me hear you say, hey uh, Nope, no one's ever sexually assaulted a woman? Fucking liars. You know what? Have, are you saying you have never caressed a beautiful bottle of Anjamima syrup and lather that shit all over your food and just licked it up, licked those beautiful juices. You guys are perverts. You're fucking liars. I know you are. So uh, the Miss America pageant, they just got rid of the uh, swimsuit, uh, swimsuit competition. How you guys feel about that? Pretty neutral, okay, I like it. I'm really happy about it, because honestly, those titties were really getting in the way of those women's beautiful personalities. I mean, why would I want to stare at some beautiful breasts when I can just listen to Miss Utah talking about how she can save global warming and, talk and uh, save the US economy? It's just, it's amazing. Anyone here drive a Tesla? No, ever been inside of a Tesla? Yeah, they're pretty cool, right? Wow, good for you, man. I saw a Tesla, thank, no, congratulations. I'm very proud of you. I saw a Tesla parking in the Tenderloin today. Isn't that disgusting, a Tesla in the Tenderloin? Do you know how much crack you have to sell to afford a Tesla? I mean, come on, there's so much, the property value is terrible, but I don't get it. Teslas, they're already the douchiest drivers, but they also have to have these terrible, like, vanity plates to tell us that they're making a difference in the world. It's always like, solar power, no mo gas, N1 GG3R, and then with, like, the handprint emoji on it. I don't get it. They're trying to, they're obviously trying to make a statement. I just, I don't know what they're trying to say with them. It doesn't make sense. Did you guys know Kate Spade just died? Yeah? No? Awesome. Do you guys think that Kate Spade designed her own body bag? Look, it's not crazy. The woman liked purses, so it makes sense that she would make a handbag that also fits her arms, legs, torso, neck, and head. I mean, come on. Anthony Bourdain also just killed himself yesterday. As someone also named Anthony, I am mortified. But as someone who has never seen his show, I'm kind of indifferent, you know? Apparently he's on CNN and not the Food Network, which really doesn't make sense to me, but hey, you know, 24-hour news, gotta fill it up with something. 
I'm more of a Guy Fieri man anyways. You know, that man's a revolutionary, clearly. Those great, great hair, those sunglasses on the back of his head. What's he trying to see? I don't know. No one knows. Anyways. <laughs> whenever people, whenever celebrities kill themselves, they always try and, uh, you know, Twitter is always big and it's like, oh, we gotta protect, uh, you know, like, mental health is super important. Uh, you know, please, if, you, if you're suicidal, get help. Please, get help. But like, it's all bullshit. We all know it's bullshit. So my suggestion is just kill yourself. I mean, we're overpopulated as it is. If a few celebrities want to take their lives, you know, donate their money to a good cause first and just fucking end it, you know? Great. Kim Kardashian. She just spoke to Trump about pardoning a 63-year-old drug offender, a drug dealer. It's so weird to me because Trump actually did it. It's so weird to me. Trump was so fed up about fake news, but he couldn't see through that fake ass. He's getting away, she's getting away with everything. And what else is gross to me is how, basically if you're nice to Trump, he'll do anything. So what's next? Roseanne Barr is gonna get a pardon from Jared for Subway? Or Tim Allen is gonna get a pardon for OJ Simpson? I mean for the robberies, not for the murderers that he definitely didn't do. All right, that's been my time. Thank you very much. Hashtag too soon. So, <laughs> we have a couple more comedians for you tonight. Our next comedian is a very, very special one. All the way from the sound booth. I'm going to keep making noises like that until he emerges. Please welcome George. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I'm always in the designated place of time killer, time fucker. Who cares? Gives a flying fuck. I forgot to write a set or think of a set, so I just came up with a couple of notes in the last, let's put it, two minutes. All right. Let's think about the things I was thinking about that I really drives me crazy. Okay. I'm not going to sit here, because sometimes I'll just sit here and I'll just kind of rag shit about the people that were just kind of on. And just you know, like, oh, who? <laughs> There's so many questions that are always left on this fucking stage. We're just like, but you, I know you didn't really rape that girl, but like, well, what the fuck is the deal? Or anyway, anyway, but you know, just, I'm always left with just options. But uh, yeah, anyway, I was thinking about how I really can't stand like, uh, uh, like a, like I know, like I should be more forgiving to the world, right? And be like, well, you know, astronomy's a thing. Right, and then when people say I'm a tour a tourist, right? You know, that means I'm aggressive. I can't help it. It's the stars. <laughs> I just I can't help it. It's just the way I do shit. Okay, guy. You know, you could, that also you could just be a regular asshole, right? It has nothing to do with the stars. And then I go like, well, okay, well, what's the same thing about that? Well, hey, hey, you know what? I got a Type A personality, B. Don't fuck with me right now. Type A. You fucking with me? You fucking with a real motherfucker? You beta male motherfucker, man? <laughs> he sounds like a bitch, but that's so weird. Anyway, <laughs> but type A, same thing as asshole. You're like, oh, you like, uh, I'm a type A Taurus, stars believing ass, just like I control. I'm smart like a motherfucker. Who's ever been smart like that? 
I've never known a smart, like, astrologist, like, type A moron in my life. Like, if anybody knows one, send them my way. I got a radio show, 10 to 12. You can fucking do it on Sunday, B. Because I ain't believing you. I would love to sit for two hours and fucking deal with that dude. In that same vein, <laughs> like, like thing, it's, I always have this theme of things that are not things. Right? People think they're a thing. Like type A personality, <laughs> right? Like astrology. You think they're a thing, but they're just human constructs, right? <laughs> you know, they're just ideas we thought up and was just like, God damn, yeah, that makes sense, <laughs> right? You know, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, God broke all that big ass water in half and they just walked through the middle and, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah we got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be all that shit makes sense. <laughs> but it always brings me back to like the the fucking like the the mother load that will not stand your bullshit is karma, right? People think karma is a thing for real, and I'd hate to fucking tell you <laughs> on the same lines as what we were just talking about. I know you think karma is a thing, but it's not, right? It's just because we think we like narratives. We're humans. We like circles. I could just stare at that circle and be like, that makes sense to me, right? <laughs> if shit don't make sense, we just go off. And it's just like, and like the idea that karma is not a thing just throws people through the loop. Like you can be terrible and live a long time, right? Ask Dick Cheney. Right? He, he's chilling like a motherfucker, right? Chilling. Got like five new hearts. I don't even know where you find five new hearts. He got five new hearts. That's my man. <laughs> How the fuck do you do that? Okay. <laughs> right? No, but karma's real, right? Because like, he killed everybody. <laughs> that makes sense, right? We went after like Iran because Saudi Arabia did the shit, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like karma's real. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, I always thought karma's karma's such horseshit. Like you can actually be shitty. <laughs> right? Right? That's the weird part about the end of that joke, is that like you can actually be shitty. You just have to worry about the consequences, motherfucker. <laughs> right? Like, that's it. Like there's that dude in Hollywood, he just went on trial today. That fucking guy is crazy. There's this fella in uh Canadian Scion, which is always nice. <laughs> he you hear about the Canadian scion that like scalped his wife and cut her ear off and like in front of her like three month old baby? Yeah, he drained her body full of blood. You know you can't drain a body after it's dead, right? <laughs> and there was a teaspoon of blood left. Imagine that fun night, right? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so the idea that karma is like a right, you can do bad shit, just don't get caught. <laughs> it's like or get caught and be so fucking powerful that nobody can do shit about it right be dick cheney be the best what isn't that what isn't that what isn't that what's her name has her slogan as be best not the weirdest sign ever be best okay <laughs> what does that mean all right now yeah no that's like two acronyms kind of slided together some shit or two adjectives i will be best i wish i was better at english i wish i had studied english more professionally but i figure i got that minute so let's uh let's uh let's run this out real quick let's do the old-fashioned joke i love this 
Nobody likes, but I love the shit out of it. <laughs> the one true joke, true joke, I know. What can lifesavers do that guys can't? Come in five different flavors. Thank you, and good night. Keep it going for George. The only person to have ever made me wish I were Dick Cheney or a lifesaver. So, please welcome Pam Benjamin, who owns and runs this place. So warm, so nice. You know what else is warm and nice? Your last comedian. <laughs> we have got a treat for you. Closing it out tonight, one of my favorites in the Bay Area, Valerie Vernelli. Oh, man. I've never been called that before. I've never been called that before. Even though I'm a big bitch, it's like never has anybody been like warm and fuzzy, you. Because I was listening to Marilyn Manson in eighth grade. You know what I mean? I was like cold hearted. Um, I actually love Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney is one of the most fascinating historical figures for me. Watch his documentary on Showtime. Have you seen it? It is the best. Because I like people who are honest. Do you know what I mean? I like people who are just like, look, I saw a thing in the 70s. I saw that Kent State assassination of a college kid and I said hey we don't have enough executive power okay to basically put a dictator in to kill more people I just saw like problem solution he's the only person to look at the Kent State shooting and not feel sad he was like I got an idea you know only person anyway um I um I was talking to somebody and uh, I remember this uh, Warren Buffett interview that he did. It was like a press conference. You know who Warren Buffett is, right? One of the richest men in the country. And people always go to him for like financial advice. You know, he's like white Oprah. Um, or like Susie Orman's like white Oprah kind of, but like people trust Warren Buffett. You know what I mean? And he always looks so humble. He always looks so humble because he's like, look, I think it's wrong that my maid's got to pay more taxes than me. I'm not going to fix shit, but it's wrong, you know? And you're like, I like this guy's for us. And he lives in a small little house in bumfuck somewhere, Ohio. And everybody's like, wow, he's just like my old grandpa, you know, Mr. Pennybags or something. And, um... <laughs> And so he seems like a sweet guy. And then so he was doing this interview and he had a cherry Coke um, on the table and people went, all the, all the interviewers were like, hey, you like cherry Coke? You're just like us. And he was like, no, yeah, I own stock in it. A lot of shares. And then he turned it this way and he's like, this is my favorite one though. And I go, oh Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, I just wonder if like, that's why the Coke brothers wipe their ass with this country. You know what I mean? Cause they sell toilet paper. Um, I wasn't planning on getting political, but here we are. Um, no, I, I'm 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 reading a lot of books, which people tell me is a bad thing, um, because uh, I, I I'm not a fan of being woke, but I am a fan of being real. Um, that's a shout out to Paul Mooney, um, and so I'm reading this book called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking, and it's an old uh, quitting smoking book um, that a lot of people either you love it or you hate it, um, and so I started reading the book because I'm thinking about quitting smoking because one, it's expensive, and two when everybody wants to do the thing you're doing, it's not cool anymore, right? You know what I mean? So the same, it's, it just is. Um, it's like everybody's having abortions, let's have a baby. Um, 
<laughs> some twins um so like yeah i'm reading the book and as i'm reading the book and he's talking about cigarette he doesn't he doesn't call it like you have a smoking habit it's a it's cigarette addiction nicotine addiction right so it's like if you phrase it like that maybe you'll take the shit more seriously and then he's like he's like when you think about it the only reason why you started smoking to begin with was because what you saw adults doing it right so like chances like there's statistics on this right if both your parents smoked you are 100 percent more likely to smoke than anybody else which is true both my parents smoked i smoked but my parents also like were angry a lot yelled a lot fought a lot you know what i mean they 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 watched like jerry springer you know what i mean like and now i do all those things um so like i get it and as I'm reading this book and he's talking about like the thing about cigarette addiction, nicotine addictions, that does nothing for you, right? Like like smokers like make it in their mind like like, oh, this is helping me. This is getting me less stressed out. This is this is gonna soothe me somehow, even though all the scientific data says actually your nervous system's freaking the fuck out every time you take a cigarette. Uh, you might as well just put your mouth in the back of an exhaust pipe. Uh, same thing. But like we convince ourselves of this narrative that I need it or blah, blah, blah. And, and as I'm reading more and more and more in this book, I'm like, holy fuck, is this how racists feel? You know what I mean? Like, because I'm like, you're racist because from one or two parents in the household was racist. It's not, nothing comes from nothing. You know, something doesn't come from nothing. You know what I mean? So I'm like thinking, okay, so, so like, because racism is a, is, is it's a kind of like a habit and addiction a little bit. Like if you're a Ku Klux Klan member, you are addicted to racism. You know what I mean? When you're going to buy a new outfit, you know what I mean? For just to be like, you could just be regular racist. You know what I mean? Like Don Imus racist where it's just nappy headed hoes shit. Just like, a, like, just like that. You know what I mean? Um, but like to buy an outfit, to hang out with your friends, to have barbecues, to light crosses on fire. You know what I mean? To go to Target and not just get, he's like, okay, get get some coal for the barbecue, but make sure you get like at least 16 gallons of oil for the crosses. Um, it's, this is the, f oh my God, I just figured this out. I went to a birthday party for a kid, right? And the bounce house wasn't coming. The mom was freaking the fuck out. And this other mom was like, you know, trying to be competitive. Like, you know, the bounce house is essential. You know that, right? You know that if, you know that if you don't have the bounce house, uh, you might as well not have a child. You know what I mean? You know, you better not, you might as well just be Casey Anthony, bitch. Okay. And, but the bounce house came and it was a much better party, I will admit. Um, I just wonder if that's how like Ku Klux Klan parties are without the crosses. You know what I mean? It's like, Jimmy, if you don't cut down this, like, look, there's no point in us even meeting if we can't burn something, you know? And we don't have that one black friend. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, we burnt it out. Um, but yeah, I just think it's funny the idea of like maybe there's a pack a day racist out there. You know what I mean? Who's like, and they tell you you don't quit cigarettes, you give it up. So I'm just wondering like, because there are those videos you see or documentaries of people who were like, I was the head leader of the neo Nazi chapter in Portland, Oregon. And then I had to get a job, and nobody wants a person with swastika on their face. Now I'm, now I'm going to church. I got a black friend. And, and, and I've given up the life, you know? I've given up the life, but I'm like, yo, dude, if you're like smokers, so I have a friend who gave me the book, and she said, look, this is hard. Quitting smoking is not easy. And I go, okay. And she's like, here's the thing. I still crave a cigarette every now and then. You know what I mean? The other day, we had to go somewhere, and she, she actually bought a pack of cigarettes. She broke, she hadn't smoked for like five years, but she broke down and bought a pack of Camels. And I'm just wondering, again, pack a day racist. You know what I mean? Like, you, you gave it up, but, like, every now and then, like, do you just feel the urge? You know what I mean? Get a little too stressed out. 
and just nigger slips out. You know what I mean? It's like somebody cut me off in traffic. Just nigger. You know, it just happens. I didn't. I don't mean it. You know, the guy wasn't even black. I just say it sometimes. You know. And then I think also about like what did they say about cigarettes? Like um. One of the things they try to trick your brain with is they say, like, you're only a smoker in when you're actually smoking a cigarette. Right now, everybody in the room here is a non-smoker. You know what I mean? Um, until you light up a cigarette, then you are a smoker. And I'm like, this is how a lot of white people do V-racism, right? Only when I say this shit am I racist. You know what I mean? After that, it's like, no, I'm good. Like, Roseanne did that shit, right? She posted... She posts No, no, but but she but she posts this shit and she goes, "No, only when I was like under ambient induced racist whatever the fuck insomnia, like that's when I was racist, but after the fact when I apologized like 24 hours, I'm good. Like I am uh, all the racism is out of my body. Like if you sleep, nicotine will go out of your body within like 24 hours and shit. I'm trying to work on this bit, but whatever the point is. Here's the thing I will say about Roseanne. I did see the picture of that lady because I didn't know who she was. I thought she was shouting me out because my name's Valerie. Um, and I was like, Planet of the Apes, that's a cool movie. Um, but like, I looked at the picture and I was like, from a comedic perspective, Roseanne's on the money. You know what I mean? Like Roseanne's on the money with the Muslim Brotherhood slash Planet of the Apes thing. Because I did, I, someone did put this as their cover photo on Facebook, the side-by-side -side picture. And I was like, it's kind of undeniable. You know what I mean? Roseanne, comedic fucking genius. But it's like, lock it up. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if that's your boss though? Like, you know what I mean? Because like, she had Wanda Sykes as a writer. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're Wanda Sykes and you're like, fuck, I got to show up to work tomorrow on time? Fuck that. You know what I mean? And then Roseanne was, like, flipping the fuck out about it. I don't know. I just like the idea of Paula Dean being a Hackaday racist. You know what I mean? Just, like, just like only before and after meals. That's it. That's when I just got to throw out the slurs. Yeah. Only reason why I'm bringing all this stuff up, and I'll wrap this up because I don't want to run too long. Um, um, I I recently met an old friend. She was doing a show. Let make a long story short, she went to London. She's black. She went to London and met up with her white friend for brunch, um, as you do. And um, she was asking her Londoner friend, like, what do you think's going on in America from like your perspective? And she said, um, oh, it's very clearly ethnic cleansing and then went back to her ex-Benedict. And I go, oh shit, ethnic cleansing. And then I had that moment where I was like, am I fucking Anne Frank right now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I never thought of myself that way, but now I'm thinking about this and I'm like, fuck, what is the difference between Auschwitz and Sixth Street? You know what I mean? Like, think about it. If you watch The Pianist, which is one of my favorite movies that I've watched a bunch of times, right? But it's like, but think about it, right? It's like, it's like, what is what is down Sixth Street? You've got the one crazy dude who's running around losing his mind, a bunch of people on drugs, somebody selling their pussy. Look at all the pictures of Auschwitz. There's always somebody. There's there's the watch The Pianist again. A lot of you need to like re fuck what Roman Polanski did to that chick. She forgave him. We should forgive him. Rewatch that and understand that I'm Anne Frank, dude. And. I don't know anybody with an attic. Um, I don't, but I was thinking about this thing about like um, white people and black people and how white people always have that one black friend and I'm like, that's their attic, dude. Like, you like white friends are your attic. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you let them say like the N-word during the Kanye songs because you're like, I may need Schindler. You know what I mean? Like, I may need... Like, I'm not going to tell them no because what's in it for me, you know? <laughs> It's fucked up, but it's true. Um, yeah. I don't know if I had anything else. I don't know if I should be done. I don't know if you want me to keep going and talking. A minute. Oh, man. Two minutes. Oh, Jesus. 
Oh, man. Two minutes. Oh, man. It's okay. I have Marco Polo for dick and pussy. Um, <laughs> because I hate how people are always like, I can't find a man. I can't find a woman. I'm like, you're talking to somebody, right? Like, you're telling this to somebody. You know what I mean? It's like, at some point, pick a fucking hole and stick with it, you know? Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, fuck being gay, straight, po- whatever. Just whoever is in front of you that you're having this crisis, fuck them. That's it. That's all I want people to do. Because I'm fucking sick of hearing about people on Tinder and all this bullshit. Oh, man. I shouldn't have said any of that. I always come up here and I regret shit. You know what I mean? I always come here, here and I'm like, oh, I'm going to say some dope shit. And then, then like, I'm going to change the fuck. Yeah, Angela Davis hair and shit. And then I'm like, I just railed about Mexicans for five minutes. Like, that's all I did. And that's not good. I love Mexico. I do love Mexico.